Hello, everyone. Make sure to check out this podcast where we'll be talking about E3 making a return as well as Sony being Sony. Stay tuned, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Streamcast. My name is Phoenix, and I'm joined by... Gibraltar. Oh, very nice. Which game is he from? Apex Legends. Very nice. I like what you did there. Where's Phoenix from? Phoenix is from Valorant. Oh, okay, fair enough. And he's based in Valorant. Yeah, yeah. It's a PC exclusive. I will not be playing any Valorant at all. (laughs) (laughs) But make sure you keep it locked with Streamcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Streamcast underscore. We've just hit 600 Twitter followers. So thank you so much, everyone who's followed us. If you're not yet, why not change that? Follow us on Twitter. Huge shout outs to The Nerd Alternative for their constant shout outs of us. I'm sure they've had a big part to play in us reaching the big 600. So make sure to follow them. Their links will be in the description. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, Streamcast, and follow us on Twitch, Streamcast TV. But let's get into the meat of this podcast. We're going to talk about the big piece of news this week. E3 is coming back. Yay? I mean, yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, this is cool. That's the thing that's happening. Do, do I want this back? So, for those of you who don't know, E3 is like a big... It's Christmas for the gaming calendar, basically. We get to find out new stuff about what's going to be made, developed, when consoles are coming out, etc., etc. So, it is the be-all and end-all of all things gaming. I think the Super Bowl, but for games. It will be taking place from the 12th to the 15th of June this year. And Xbox, Nintendo, Capcom, and many more brands have agreed to be on E3 this year. So Isaac, what are your initial thoughts? And do you think this is a promising sign that so many big companies are agreeing to come on? I mean, for E3 itself, yeah, I guess. I guess it's promising, but like, E3 was just originally like a showcase for people in the industry to get together and just chat and have a chinwag, etc, etc. Um, I think it started in 1995. We've come a long way since 1995. And, you know, like you can you can contact people a lot easier. There's, there's like Twitter, social media. Uh, people are using email like a lot more now, which is really good. And, you know, in terms of building like links and whatnot, oh, E3 is massive like to, to try and find everyone like wouldn't a more intimate set be better so just on that side like obviously i'm not an industry professional but just on that side e3 doesn't seem like amazing for its original purpose and now for us the, the people who like i guess we we enjoy the 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 footage or the content like from from the news reports i guess or from like your ign etc etc we get that after it's all said and done even that is kind of redundant because like, Nintendo are going to be there, yeah, but then they've got their or Nintendo Directs, which for me personally are way better than anything E3 can give me because recently we just learned about Legends and Arceus. No, they're the same thing. We learned about that game and then we learned about Diamond and Pearl remake. Sony's not even going to be there as a Sony fanboy, basically. I don't care because I'll just wait for the Directs and then like xbox so this isn't a slide on xbox i like the direction they're going and we're going to talk about that later on in the pod for the next topic but when it comes to xbox like a lot of their games you can get on other consoles they're going for more of a subscription model so like you can get a lot of these games but you it's better to just like pay your subscription and like go through game pass and then even for like Capcom, if Capcom are going to be there, chances are a Capcom game is going to be on both consoles. So, like, I'll learn some news, I guess, but unless it's a first-party exclusive for the PlayStation 4, not bothered. And if it's anything big from Nintendo, we're going to get in the direct, or we might have already had it. 
we'll definitely get some news which is nice but my thing is like we're in an age where back in the day when you had e3 all the information like you said it was christmas was funneled into e3 and we got it but now we're getting we're being drip fed from like publishers by themselves from like certain companies by themselves like even today um i've learned more news about no more heroes 3 a lot of it's been given out sorry in a twitter thread i think there was like a stream or something either last night or two nights ago that's not e3 like but this is news for me this is big news for me it's something i've been waiting for if that was at e3 i'd be excited for e3 it's not at e3 though i've got it i'm happy like i a lot of the big news that like the death loop delay again wasn't told that e3 was told that now that's big information that i need to know we have a date don't know if that date's going to change but now we have it e3 is just something i don't look forward to because we get news all year round now it's it's not it's not behind this technically e3 is a paywall because you have to pay to be there it's not behind this paywall anymore so i'm i don't care i really don't care directs state of plays they've been great i don't care yeah i could you know all of that could have been summed up in one sentence i don't care but i mean we're doing a podcast i can't really get away with that now can i i don't care yeah isaac you're you're a professional you you know that i don't care doesn't cut it (laughs) and even though i know that's where your stance was I appreciate you, you know, going through all of that to get there. I genuinely respect that. Thank you. See that? <laughs> School isn't worthless. It teaches you how to waffle. Get up that word count. <laughs> get that word count up. Furthermore. <laughs> thusly. Oh, thusly. Yes. Therefore. 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 Henceforth. Yes. Henceforth. Yes, yes. Have you heard someone say henceforth in an actual conversation? You never hear that. Who the hell says henceforth at the pub? <laughs> I mean, the people who say henceforth aren't at the pub. Yeah, that's very true. That is very true. <laughs> They're arguing over taxpayers' money and using it on their mistresses. Well, it got hella cold and political up in here really quickly. Oh my goodness. I mean, if you need to edit it out, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you did, just stay in here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, so when it comes to E3, I agree with you with many, many fronts. So as you said, E3 started a long time ago and things were different back then. The way we consumed media was different. We didn't have phones that had all this power and these companies didn't have the means to reach a worldwide audience like this. So we were consuming them in magazines and E3 was really the only time that we could all be in one place and we know what we're getting. We're getting game news. And I feel that E3 has done a lot of things for the gaming industry over the years. Like I will always have a place for E3 because of like the console wars that mean nothing nowadays but like at the time man sony was savage so yeah i i'll always remember those moments but i think you are very right it is quickly becoming a dated form of entertainment and sony i've picked up on that which is why they rejected the invitation twice in a row and it looks like it's gonna be a third time now yep they're done legit there is so many other ways to feed us that information as you just said capcom have done their own showcases sony are doing state of plays nintendo are doing directs i'm not sure what xbox is doing because i think they're supposed to have their own version but i've not seen one but there's nothing stopping a warner bros or take two from doing their own showcase so it does make me wonder what is in it for them to be an E3 as opposed to doing it individually. Because you got to pay to be an E3, don't you? They don't pay you. It's the other way around, isn't it? I have no idea about Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, well. I'm not going to pretend to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do know, let us know on Twitter or Instagram. Streamcast underscore. But... The algorithm uh, needs to manipulate it for our benefit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I do like that they're going to 
continue being a digital only platform and to be honest if the alternative to e3 is that weird summer games fest bull crap that we got last year then give me e3 because i could not for the life of me keep up with all of that crap last year it was too much it was too scattered mm. i didn't like i couldn't i couldn't get my head around it so was that the, one rather... the jeffrey knightley guy oh um, yeah yeah jeff keely jeff keely that's, that's it, it yeah i wasn't terrible the times were maybe it was the timing thing for me but mm. with, at least with e3 you know those three days book off like those three days are locked off Whereas the summer, obviously, it's a whole summer, or I think it was over a month or two. Oh, so, I thought it was one night. Okay, never mind. No, no, no. There were okay. many different nights of different mm. drip-fed information, and it, it didn't come through very organized to me. It didn't come across that way. Okay. So I wasn't a fan. But E3 tends to be very well organized, very well run. I think it will be better because when it's done physically there are a lot of times where the speaker will try to be funny or they'll try to say something to to make the audience react and it will just be dead silence and oh my word were those painful (laughs) so it's good that they're doing a digital only version where they don't have to worry about that crowd reaction and these people are you know the either developers or the ceos they're not necessarily entertainers so yeah focusing on what they're strong at as opposed to just putting them out there in front of the masses might it's a good move this year definitely mm-hmm. i think it says a hell of a lot that sony is basically the elephant in the room not coming to e3 again i wonder if there's something else going on there because I think at this point it's just a bit of support for E3 because they've had to cancel their event last year because it was an absolute mess. Yeah. And I think Xbox and Nintendo are extending a gesture of goodwill. Not disrespecting E3 in any manner, not saying they're a charity or anything, but I think it's a it's a good move from Xbox and Nintendo because to be honest, they don't need E3. And I think the fact they are going on is very I think it's a nice thing. It's a good move. I, I don't think it's going to hurt Sony for them to not be on E3. But I definitely think being on E3 could help them, especially with they've got so many games that they've got lined up for this year on the PS4 and the PS5. You've got Deathloop, you've got Rift Apart, you've got Ragnarok, you've got Forbidden West. So there are a lot of games that they could capitalize on with E3 because while the younger market might not be as affiliated with E3, they are going to have a lot of older gamers who are still going to be like, E3, I remember that, and will tune in. So I think it's win-win for Sony, or at the very least, Sony wouldn't lose anything by being a part of E3. But yeah, at the same time, they're definitely going to they're definitely not going to lose anything by not being on E3 because the state of play is they've improved on those massively. Mm, they're and, really well done. Yeah, well, the first few were not good. They were, not they, were, they were building up to it. They were building yeah. up to it. But it was it was it was their first couple. The first yeah. I think it was their first two at least. I think it's the consumer. What the consumer wants. I'm gonna get that from this presentation. If not, I'm gonna give Fs in the chat. And with E3, because they're covering so many bases, there are gonna be a lot of times where a game's gonna show up and be like, I don't care about that game. Or a game will show up and we'll be like, that doesn't look good at all. That Oh, that's a shooting game? I'm not interested anymore. Oh, you're working with this person? Not interested anymore. Whereas with these targeted showcases, like the Resident Evil ones, for example, the only people who are really going to watch those are Resident Evil fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably the way to do things going forward. I was going to say quickly, like, um, I do, I, you know, I do kind of agree with that point. Like, having everything in one place is nice because imagine, so I was just thinking to myself now, after what you said, if you're a Resident Evil fan, you're waiting for this game. So, like, you're looking for news. You probably follow people that full of resident evil as well and then when it comes out you, you're just going to hear about it but let's say you're just brand new into games like e3 is, is a nice place to just like 
have a look at everything see what you like see what you might be interested in maybe you've never heard of resident evil and then you see this this eight foot tall lady who's very voluptuous and you're like i might give this game a go like in that can I just regard, say, can I just say, well, Capcom are yeah, absolute deviants. They know what they're doing. They <laughs> no, know what they're doing. No. Why does she have so much cheeks? Why? They know what they're doing. Nah, man. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, and here's the thing, right? That's not even, that's not even like COVID-related deviancy because this game probably took a while to make. So they had, they had Lady Demestru, however you pronounce it, they had her ready probably 2018 they or 2019 whatever they had her ready even before covid happened so can't even blame that on lockdown or anything like that the deviancy was there from the start i love that i mean imagine you're like a character designer and then your boss comes over that's a great character needs more cheeks though <laughs> keep up the good work do you know what's funny the opposite happened in dark souls so you know when I know Londo, where you meet mm. the the chest. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, chest ahead. Chest ahead. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, so like Miyazaki saw the design and he didn't like it. He still doesn't like it. But when he saw the person who made it, how much they really liked the design, Miyazaki didn't have the heart to tell them to redesign it. So we got the chest. And uh, that's how that came about. Means like, like I can't say no to him. <laughs> My guy looked at another grown man, yeah, who did that. I was like, oh man, you're giving me puppy dog eyes here. Oh well, I guess we'll let this chest out into the world. It's Stop out of my it. hands. It's out of my hands. I love that story so He's much. He's got no accountability. <laughs> I mean, he's made a great series of games, so I think he's fine. And it's a meme now, so it's great. It worked out for the best. <laughs> yeah, one day when meme becomes currency, we'll look back at this and be like, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I hope to God that never happens. Imagine memes as currency. Nah, nah, because the piracy rate in memes is sky high. It's <laughs> sky high. Even myself, I'm in. The, I'm a criminal in that regard as well. Like I'll just be on Twitter and I'll be like, save, 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 save. Even the group chat, you're like stolen, stolen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was good, stolen. Yeah, I'm an honest criminal. Come on. It's a nice meme you got there. It'd be a shame if hand it over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you'll be seeing this meme again very very <laughs> shortly <laughs> but uh other notable absentees from this year's e3 look to be ea activision blizzard sega bandai namco and square enix of course those might be companies that just haven't agreed yet but with those games potentially stepping away from e3 do you think the same sony rule applies to them like obviously ea is a different beast but mm. a game or a studio such as square enix or sega do you think not being at e3 could hurt them no honestly no like the only slither of point i have for being at e3 is when i mentioned like how maybe someone who is just fresh or doesn't know about a certain thing it's all there they might find something new and be like oh i like this uh, i, I want to play this i want to give it a try but for the most part i don't see it affecting them at all like final fantasy for example they've got like a dedicated fan base and there's, there's always gonna like they're on 15 right now a lot of gamers have heard of final fantasy probably at this point you've probably played looked at or heck you pro i guarantee you yeah that at least 50% of gamers will just know the story of Final Fantasy VII without even playing it. Like, it's, it's, you'll just, it'll be there. Okay, all right, Cloud, Sephiroth, don't like each other. Uh, that party member that gets, spoiler alert, that party member that gets permadeath. Um, uh, and then, you know, you know what? I don't know the story. I know half the story. Okay, at least you of people that will know half the story of like Final Fantasy and know like the general vibes. Um, but yeah, like I think they're just big enough where it's just it's not, it's not a big deal, you know. Um, 
I think that and EA, so EA, Square Enix, was it Capcom not going? No, it wasn't them or someone else. Sega. Um, Sega. And Namco. Bandai Namco. Yeah, yeah, like they've definitely got like you know big followers of people who like their games. Like Namkai Bando, Namkai Namkai Band, Bandai Nam Bandai Namco. Wow. Bandai. <laughs> Bandai Namco, like they've made all the Ninja Storm games, isn't it? And they make a lot of anime games. Like, yeah. there's already a large community and a fan base there that love their games and are probably waiting for for what comes next. Did they make Jump Force as well? Yeah, more or less, because more they're or less. In, they, they more or less get the license to do all the Shonen games. Okay. They're basically Dragon Ball Z developers, mm. Naruto developers. Yeah. There's a big chunk of people who are just waiting to get the next Dragon Ball Z game, whether it's good or not. So, yeah, that's true. Which is so weird because, like, this. I mean, maybe there's some new content. I haven't played Dragon Ball Z game in ages, but like a lot of the time, you're getting the same story. It just looks a bit better, and unless it's something like Fighters or like Budokai Two or something like that, are you even gonna get a no, Budokai Three? Are you even gonna get like a really good? fighting experience to sit down and play a co-op or you're just going through the story again and again and again it's like is that do you know what um Kakarot looks great I'm not gonna play it myself but it does look great so if you're into Kakarot amazing stuff you've got a great game there but to get back to your point um I don't think these uh developers publishers or whatever being at E3 is gonna make any difference I think that there's a big enough fan base that people are just gonna like look for the news themselves like i think it's gone to a point where gaming is so big that it people are looking for the news themselves it's not the other way around the news doesn't have to find the people unless you're like new and upcoming like you're gonna find the news yourself like if a god of war you're you're gonna look for that fifa you're you're gonna look for that because in september you're gonna be like yo Where's the next game that is basically the same as the game I just played? I'm gonna have to relearn and complain about it. I think people like to bond over the fact that FIFA sucks. I think that's what oh, it yeah. is. Definitely. Everyone complains, even mid-play. Oh, FIFA's so stupid. I hate this game. This mechanic doesn't work. Oh, you got a new one. That's gonna be the exact same, but worse. Well, let me give you my money. And every year. So I think it's it's not a big deal. And like people who like the Final Fantasy series love the Final Final Fantasy the Final Fantasy series. Like they will know it inside and out and back to front and love certain characters and know the side lore and all of that good stuff. So I think it's they they have a brand, they have products that just speak for themselves. I don't think they have any problem. I think in the world we live in right now, if you are already a big name and you've got like some form of social media presence. You don't need D3. But for like for like the indie companies and people that are just like getting up to speed, something like E3 would be great. Um E3 for indie companies. That might already exist, and I'm just saying something stupid right now, but that could be something that's that's really good because that would be your oh, I want to try something new. What's out there? That that's what that is. Ah, that's EGX Res, that's what that is. Um but yeah, E nah, E3. I don't think these I don't think anyone missing E3 is going to miss out. I think I've answered your question. I'm going to stop talking now. You have, honestly. Yeah, and that was a really great point at the end there because there's so much to consider when it comes to E3 that there's, there's always going to be something that we just miss off. And you made a brilliant point there with indie developers. How about E3 becoming more of a platform to boost up indie games and indie developers apply to get into E3 and those that get it in get their games advertised along with the big titles as Nintendo and Xbox because you get the bigger names to bring in the eyes and then you're like getting all of these smaller titles the eyes that might turn into people buying it on Steam so that's a really good point mm. yeah because it is it, I think it did start off as like a like a networking thing for for just like the industry itself which is why I think you I think you did have to pay to go well, if you were going to go in yourself you have, to, you have to pay to get in but like at one just, point that's definitely true at least yeah. at one point yeah it's the thing where you went in you made connections you you showcased your products um i don't know if you got investors there or not it's i've always enjoyed it as like a full-on consumer and not someone who was part of the industry um and, and i've read about 
E3 from the other side like ages ago. Probably should have like looked it, looked at it from the inside now. I just completely forgot to because I know as a consumer, I was, I was coming into this podcast as an E3 consumer for someone who like plays games. One final question on mm. this topic before we move on. What would it take for you to genuinely be interested in E3 again? Is that even possible at this point? Nah, nah. If you just think about the way we like consume like our content, uh, you know, I'll put it down to this. Let's say you're scrolling on Instagram or Twitter and you see a video and you start watching it. If it doesn't grab you in like the first like five, 10 seconds, even that sometimes, are you gonna like sit there and watch it? Or are you just gonna like keep scrolling and look for the next thing? I'm out of there. I'm I'm busy. Time is money. But do you know what I mean? Like E3, and you mentioned this earlier, like E3 is is a lot happening in one place. But if you're not into shooters, then you just kind of like turn off. And if they're on the shooter, but you're just like, oh, no, thank you. And like something that people have always done is like, like for example, like the EastEnders Omnibus. Maybe you can't make it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So on Sunday when you're free, you watch the Omnibus. Let's say like E3 is happening... I don't know if it happens in the weekend or in the week, but whenever it happens, what if you can't make it? Like, you don't, you don't, you can't drop everything. You, you watch it later on, you've got time. Like, when it comes to match of the day, you can't always watch the, the, the games, but you can watch the highlights, you can watch all the best bits. Why would I, like, settle for E3 when I can watch the best of E3 and see what I want? And if something I really, really like, then maybe I'll go back and, like, you know, watch a, watch a VOD or something. But no, I'm not. I'm not fast. Like if it was still like a real thing where people would go to, um, and not just online, maybe I'd go for like a day out for an experience for a, for a bit of fun, like like a comic con or something. But even then, it's not going to be as good as a comic con because like no one's dressing up and you don't have the the little stands where you can buy overpriced merchandise that makes you feel good for the day. And then you get home and you realize, huh, I spent a lot and got a lot of nothing. Like <laughs> E3 doesn't give me that. And this isn't sour grapes because like I did want to go once upon a time. I really, really did want to go. But just the way we consume our media now, it, I feel like I wouldn't get a lot. But maybe I need to speak to someone who's actually been there and experienced it because I haven't. So I can't really like speak on it too much. Maybe it's still an amazing thing where you have a good time. But in terms of knowing like what new games coming out, I don't think I need it. And we've also got the new consoles. Like that's not a surprise anymore. They're in people's houses. So all it is now is what can I play on this? What's the new piece of technology? What's the new VR? Like, show me this and you know, we can go from there. But uh, EGX exists and I think, I think I'd think i enjoy an EGX more than an E3 because there was a lot more, th- I feel there's a lot more to do at EGX. I might be wrong. Please tell us in the comments. I might be talking up my bum hole right now, but <laughs> I feel like I have a, like a better time at EGX than E3. What about yourself? I think there's definitely some stuff that E3 could do to mm. kind of market to more people, even gamers who feel that they know where they can get all they need already. So I think one thing they could do is maybe not partner with Evo because they're owned by Sony now, but if E3 could partner up with a body that has enough money, they could run tournaments there and then you get the blend of people watching a competition and then you've got games running as the adverts that's a great shout you and you made that happen that's great <laughs> no do yeah. you know what that's so good Dip it to my wallet yeah please yeah, no, and you don't understand how great that sounds because like no that works because you do get adverts when you go to these like big tournaments it's not just like one after the other after the other like there has to be breaks sometimes in those breaks especially if it's like online or something why not just do a showcase you could fit a tournament and a showcase together and it would make sense because guess what people are here to watch this this games contest or whatever and now we've got videos and adverts about the next upcoming games huh do you think the people who came here to watch games would like these adverts about the games they play? Do you, you think that would fit? I think that's such a great idea. And saying it out loud, I feel like it already exists. And again, I'm just being stupid. I mean, probably, like, probably. But, but I like that. I, I would I would argue that it's not common enough because we don't know mm. about it. Like consumers aren't aware of it. When people say E3, like, Fair enough, there is the ability to test games and all of that stuff. But 
I think they are missing something to appeal to someone who, like, for, for, for you, for example, you know what you want when it comes to gaming. You know you're interested in God of War Ragnarok. You know you're interested in Horizon Forbidden West. If E3 is not going to be showing either of those games, your interest is already down by like 30%. Yeah. So they need to get something in there for you to be excited about. So why not do a Smash tournament, for example? And you get all these characters in. So you get people who are going to watch all of these super Smash players. And then you've got people who are going to stick around or new eyeballs who want to look at this advert for, I don't know, Elden Ring, for example. And, you know, you kind of marry the two worlds there. It's kind of like that Super Bowl analogy I made earlier. Like, there are some people who are there for the competition. They want to see who's going to win the Super Bowl. But so many eyes are looking at the adverts in the halftime show. So many people are looking at the performances. So I think, yeah, you definitely got that's a softball for me like it's an easy solution easily i really want to see a halftime show live one day like this this whole lockdown thing it needs to go it needs to go right? <laughs> i want to go to a packed stadium and enjoy a show with some food that's if i eat like a hundred more it will give me heart cancer but if i have just the one i'll be fine i want to have that those nachos just smothered in like cheese on top of a hot dog baked inside of a burger like i want that with the halftime show experience i need it i need that in my life yeah man i think yeah i don't know what else they could do but i I really like your idea about indie developers getting a big shine on e3 so i think that's Mm. definitely something they could run have definitely a balance so I think maybe limit the amount of big companies that would come in. So maybe Sony at a stretch if they ever change their minds. Xbox, Nintendo, definitely. Mm. And then maybe a few more bigger ones. And then just a ton of indie games just displayed. And maybe they do that already. But I don't know. I don't remember the last time an indie game was displayed at E3. I remember them being displayed on the Nindie, uh, Indie World or something oh, like yeah, that. Instead. Indie so, World, yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely feel maybe E3 could do more in the indie market, but yeah, I, I think those are my thoughts right off the bat. Mm. And like, if if it is like that, I mean, it's, it may already exist. This whole thing we're talking about, but if it is like that, then Sony will definitely want to come back because it will have a lot of traffic, and obviously Sony will want to be a part of that. Like, even though they might not need it, like our traffic is good. Like, excited, engaged fans is great because they'll whatever you show them. They're, they're going to be more likely to take it on board. Like, imagine if you go to a comedy show and you're like, you're in a bad mood and you don't want to laugh. Like, Dave Chappelle might drop the funniest banger in the world. You won't laugh because you're not feeling it. You've got to go there and like be just willing to accept what's like being thrown your way. So, yeah, that could bring Sony back if it doesn't exist already. Yeah, because I feel like it does, and we're just forgetting. <laughs> Possibly, possibly we're missing something massive. But let us know what your thoughts are. How are you feeling about E3 making a comeback? What do you think about Sony's choice to not show up for the third time? And what do you think would improve E3? What would make you care about E3 if you don't already? Free food. I'd be (laughs) so down. But not like monster and things that like video gamers generically eat. Like, give me... It's my actual food, please. Yeah. And chips or whatever. That's one thing I don't miss about those events like EGX and Comic Con. Like, fair enough, you're getting freebies, but like, why do they all have to be monster? Like, why do they all have to be 250 milliliter cans of Diet Coke? Come on. Let's push the boat out a little bit, you know? Yeah, you know? Like, you got some orange, you got some Tropicana. Treat us. Treat us a little bit. Come on. (laughs) I throw in a beer or two if you want. Like, come on. Oh, go on. Oh, go on then. Go yeah, on. Go then. on. Yeah, go on. We're gamers. We're not hooligans. Come on. <laughs> of course, the running gag through E3's topic has been Sony's non-compliance. The fact that Sony has decided to no-show E3 once again. Mm-hmm. Sony is also deciding not to show any love to their smaller studios as their obsession with blockbuster titles is starting to stir unrest. Whew. 
There is a lot to uncover here. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I've got some main points here, but we're going to, like, delve into this even more. Okay. My pick out from this is Sony want to make a PS5 remake of The Last of Us. Boycotting that. Sony have informed devs that it no longer wants to produce smaller games that are only successful in Japan. <sighs> Fuck. What? You get shady up in here or something. <laughs> Alright. I feel that's a targeted jab. I don't feel that's general. Yeah, like... To, to do something like that just doesn't really make sense. So, for example, it was either Demon Souls or Dark Souls. I think it originally came out in Japan. Did okay. Wasn't amazing. I think it came overseas. Again, did okay. Wasn't amazing. I think the YouTube community got involved, made it bigger. Uh, oh, it's a really hard game. We can't play it. And now look at it today. It's massive. And that was originally a small game. And the only reason why, because originally it was a failed game, Miyazaki came in and was like, and they gave him the project, and he was like, this is a failed game. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. So he did. And basically, like, it, people didn't care about it too much. It was always pushed to the side because it was the smaller game. So their deadlines, like, things they had to do, like, pitches, etc., etc., it wasn't as important as the other games. So they got, they got away with a lot. But then look what we got out of it. That was a small game. And it's massive. If you, like do away with this if only small games that are successful in Japan then you're really shooting yourself in the foot because you don't know what the world wants you don't know what the world's gonna love um look at Among Us for example it came out like years ago pandemic happened blew up now I'm not saying you need a pandemic for your game to blow up like <laughs> it, was, it was it was something fortunate that came out of a bad time so it's slightly different but to to kind of like cut off like your a creative pool it doesn't really make sense also you're getting rid of like future developers you're getting rid of like homegrown talent um which which doesn't really seem smart uh so i'm not the biggest football fan in the world but i i think i i know my way, way around like football in the playground now imagine getting rid of all the youngers the, the under 16s under 17s whatever that's called and and now you, you don't have like a potential stock of new players to choose from that doesn't exist you have to go out and spend millions of dollars or pounds or whatever to like go and buy someone from a different league here or there who's already established, who's already amazing, but who's also getting very old. Now imagine getting someone who's like 17, 18 or whatever. Don't have to pay anything for them. They're already on your squad. Just get them into the main team. And they're basically the next Neymar or Messi or Ronaldo. Why get rid of that? Like it doesn't seem smart. And then just in gaming as a whole, like not everything is a massive blockbuster game. Like the the rise of the indie studio is amazing. Like a lot of big games out there, they started as like small studios. They they were games that just like just blew up and were like these amazing games. Like I don't know if it was Devolver Seventeen or Mediatonic or Team Seventeen, whatever. But I think they started as a small company and they've they've grown. They've become massive. And you want to get rid of that? That doesn't seem smart. That does not seem smart at all. But then on the flip side. It's fucking genius, Andy. <laughs> Let me remind you of a little of, of three letters. Three letters. M C U. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is the only reason I've been going to cinemas for the past 10 years. Sprinkle in some Fast and Furious because it's it's just it's a lads film. It's good, boys. You're gonna have a good time. Like, is it is it amazing cinema? Nah, but is it enjoyable? Yeah, go on. And if Sony want to go down that route, they're going to make a fuck ton of money. God of War 2018, me and you, Andy, we're OGs. Like, we've we've been there since the start. But people who haven't played it have come in and absolutely loved it. Never played a God of War in their life. They started there and they've absolutely loved it. The Last of Us, people have absolutely loved it. And then they were really hyped for the new game and they're really pissed when they didn't get more Joel. And I know a lot of those fans were probably fans who came in late and played the, the port on the PS4 and were like, oh, I want more of this. Give me more, please. These big games really do sell. They're like 
Those are the Avengers to an extent. I feel like some comic book nerds and cinema buffs are going to brutalize me for saying that, but I think that's the case. I think that the, the Sony Studio line of games are like the MCU line of games in the sense that people will go, they will play, and they'll have a guaranteed good time. They will just enjoy it because there's a high production value, they're really good games, and they're really big games. That like if you pay £50 for that, you're getting your money's worth. You're getting something that will keep you busy for a very, very long time. And it is, it's guaranteed. People hated The Last of Us, but look at it, picking up all these awards. He was loving it up. It made money and there was nothing wrong with it. Like the game works, so no one's gonna return it. No bugs, no issues, it's just a good game. And in that regard, if Sony can keep pumping out those kind of games from a business perspective, they're going to be fine. Now, maybe for consumers who wanna play games, it's not the best thing in the world, but here's the thing. You can be part of a small niche group that like a certain game, that's fair enough and you can love it. But here's the thing, you're a small niche group. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's not going to make a big corporation money. If you appeal to the masses, and all the masses just buy this game, like, you're going to make a return. Um, so I think it comes down to the gamer versus the, the businessman. And <sighs> businessman wins, unfortunately, because that's, that's how these things work. So I watched like this is something I'm going to go back to because it does pertain to what we're going to talk about later but the shareholders are the real customers so I watched something with Elena, Elena Pierce and she brought this up and it was a very good point like the reason why you get dates pushed back and games that come out unfinished is because the shareholders want to make a return now it doesn't matter if a game is absolute dog shit people will buy it will sell a lot of people won't return it like cyberpunk i think after all the returns nine million copies were still sold if you're a shareholder you've now made a return on your investment as a gamer you hate that that's oh this is awful i hate this but it, it doesn't matter it was for the shareholders like where she made the point we're not the real customers the shareholders are and as long as they get their return it, it doesn't really matter so from a business perspective sony doing this genius it's fucking great and it's probably gonna work because any problem with the games industry that we as the consumer have, all we have to do is not buy the game. We will never do that. That's never gonna happen. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you don't like a game? Don't buy it. Don't. Imagine if no one bought The Last of Us 2. That's not gonna get a game. It might be the best game ever, but if no one buys it, yo, can't get a game of the year because no one bought it. Like, if you act with your, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. But in terms of like, I guess, developers getting new talent um, for the industry itself, for us, the players, it's, it's not a great move. It's just not a good move. And if you look all the way back to when games first started, like a lot of studios were, were just small studios. Like Insomniac, they made Spyro, their team was tiny. I think it might have been 50 people max around that, but they made these games and they had to do one every single year. They made three games back to back. They did it, they beat their quota. They made, I can't remember how long it took them to make the first Spyro game, but they finished number two in like eight months. Obviously they had the same engine to build off, but around eight months, but they did that. It was a small team. It's, it's very doable. Like all these teams are a small collection of people like coming together to make something work. And you wanna, you wanna get rid of that. Like, but from a business point of view <laughs> and a return on investment, fucking great, great move wonderful move it's like when you're a company and like what well, we're here with the middle management we're restructuring completely blah 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 blah. shareholders are loving this but the people in the company that's not the best move in the world but from a bottom line point of view you're gonna become a meme yeah. <laughs> you're legit gonna become a meme no one isaac but from a business perspective <laughs> hey i'm just trying, oh. trying to be impartial here <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, you made a lot of good points on both sides, actually. Now, where do I actually stand on yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. So, I hear what you're saying. And, yes, you made a very good point, uh, Alana Pierce. Absolutely correct. Shareholders are the real customers here. And I do think PlayStation are very much going for an MCU kind of thing. DC are trying to do an MCU kind of thing and are failing miserably. I didn't watch that Snyder Cut, guys. You can't make me. 
four hours. Like, if you need four on. hours to convince me your film is good, it's trash, and that's where it belongs. <laughs> right now, back to Sony. <laughs> Sony are one hundred percent going for an MCU. They are trying to build up these characters because they want ultimately to dominate all media. They want to have PlayStation All-Stars be a commercial success. They want to have TV series. They've greenlit The Last of Us. I think they greenlit a movie for Ghost of Tsushima. And all of these individual IPs, these characters, as you said, can be compared to Avengers. You've got Kratos, you've got Aloy, you've got Jin. And no doubt they're working on more IPs. And this is very much something that they're going down. This is 100%. They're really textbook. They're really transparent. They're not hiding it. This is exactly what they're trying to do. And I'm kind of here for it. Now, when it comes to the other side of things, like saying we don't want small games that are already successful in Japan, I think that's anti-gamer. Well, the they release anti-consumer. I can't agree with it. It's anti-consumer. I, it's the very essence of what a game is. A lot of these games were made in very small studios, as you said. And I was thinking about that when I read that. That's like the Souls games. You've basically stopped the entire Souls series from being a thing if you're if you're nixing any game that's only successful in Japan. You've got to think out of the side of the box. You've got to let these smaller games do what they can because going back to the mcu analogy not every movie is going to be 10 out of 10. You, not every film's going to be infinity war because it doesn't work like that there's no story there it's just destruction you're going to have to have an ant-man you're going to have to have a thor you're going to have to have an incredible hulk you're going to have to have all of these games of various sizes but they are all working in the same direction the same goal pushing the brand of playstation and I feel it goes against their PlayStation indie movement, which I think is a great movement. I think it is it is typical of a big company to just laugh at the little guy and be like, we only care about the big ones. Santa Monica, come on. How much money do you need? <laughs> Naughty Dog, how much money? Do you need people? All right, we'll get Ben Studio over in there. You need more people? We'll get Square Enix in there. We'll get Insomniac in there. Like, it shouldn't be like that. And... I feel now that Sony and Microsoft are becoming so different in their stance when it comes to gaming that it's not console war anymore because like, we're all adults and we don't care for that anymore. But in terms of what they stand for, it is the very, de- very definition of a war. Sony is completely anti-consumer in this stance when they only want to promote or they only... Basically, the bigger studios are the priority, they're the focus. And Microsoft are trying to acquire studios so that their gamers can play as many games as they want. Game Pass is a terrible business model for them, but they're still doing it because it's the best thing for the gamer. And, you know, it is the best deal in gaming. I can very well see myself with a Series S or a Series X and just have Game Pass and nothing else. And I'm satisfied. I don't need anything else. And I mean, we've seen Sony come out right out and and just say, yeah, Game Pass is dumb in terms of a business model. It's dumb. We're never doing that. That doesn't make any sense. It's not sustainable. From a business perspective, it's garbage. (laughs) So, you know, I can see all the sides. There's a lot of wheels turning. I, I don't know how I feel about this piece of news. Bend Studio, the game behind Days Gone, which you can watch us playing on Twitch, Streamcast TV, quick plug, and it's for free on PS Plus this month, so make sure to download it for free if you have a subscription. Basically, the studio pitched for Days Gone 2 and it got rejected, and that was due to production costs and the reception that the game got. So this was not a 10 out of 10 game by any means, and we've said this openly, why is it on the only on PlayStation series? Like when you talk about Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, The Last of Us Part 2, Days Gone, one of those things is not like the others. But was Days Gone really that bad? I don't think so. It's a I solid think, game. Yeah. I genuinely think Days Gone is Marmite in a game. It's not going to be the best in 
any category but i think it's gonna have a loyal following because it's very niche it's it follows a motorcycle gang and it's got zombies number one classic trope in a story and i don't think they do a bad job in it at all i think there's enough there to actually build a series around you got boozer you got deacon you got sarah you got the origins of the virus there's a lot of parts and pieces to play around schizo is a piece of shit well he's a great character to build around he's a great antagonist and i feel that there's enough there for a days gone to to be justified it is a bit upsetting that they just nixed it and i feel some of the people at bend were a bit upset because basically sony were like no we're not going to green light days gone too and you're gonna have to work with naughty dog on this new uncharted game so yeah i'd be pissed some of them were pissed they just left they're like yeah i'm out yeah not for me i get it i get it because like they have their team and i feel like there is a culture that that develops around the studio that builds a team together because it's literally everyone coming together it's just it's not a job well it is but like you can have your jobs where you do the same thing every day whatever blah 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 but you're working together to create one piece of product and that sounds like something that would you know bring people like close together they know how everyone you know works how everyone operates and to like fragment the team and be like yo go up with the with a different studio to finish this they're not a uh, well they are a studio the ben studio they're they're their own studio yeah and to like to get them because because i think what would happen is eventually they just become part of naughty dog like if they if they yeah. left it like that yeah um you don't want that and like just to add on to this the i don't know if it was the management team of ben studio that did this but they they fought to be like no like we're not part of naughty dog we're gonna do something different and now they're working on something new and as much as i didn't like days gone because like i didn't not like it but it's not for me they're working on something new that's a new ip and i'm looking forward to that see what we get it it, it could be anything it could be amazing like we know people who have worked on a certain game and then completed on a 180 built something completely different and it's amazing and you're like wow you did this raw and i can't remember what studio did this another studio did this and like they've made something beautiful it might have been guerrilla games i might be wrong i think horizon was different to something that they did in the past no it was sucker punch it was sucker punch they have never done anything like ghost before it's so different to the other games it's it's not a superhero game it's not a infamous it's completely different to one two and three it's not a sly raccoon very different fucking giving us gold fucking gold and yeah i don't think sony should have done what they did it's not fair like don't break apart a studio because for me personally and i i'm basing all my knowledge from that documentary with cory barlog and making god of war a studio's a family like you can't rip that apart let them do their thing they know how to mesh with each other and they'll get along with the management anyways let them do their thing and you'll get a good game i agree with that i definitely think a studio is like a family because of the amount of hours the amount of time that they spend with these people mm-hmm. with them are doing stupid crunch but yeah you know they don't do that for something that they don't love or they don't believe in mm. so i definitely think there is something to that days gone is something that initially i just didn't like the idea i thought it was you know a cheap ass game with a weak plot but i gave it a second chance and it has legs and like you said it's not for me it's not something i personally play but yeah i i do think there is enough there there is a story there are good characters there are bad characters they have done something that isn't just cookie cutter and they've made a brave step and i think that's what sony needs to champion not everything Mm. that comes out of their studios is going to be a success and they need to embrace that because at the end of the day they're going to have more successes than failures because look at the track record spyro rayman 
there's so many successful franchises that they don't even play with anymore that they don't really have to worry about this and days gone wasn't an absolute failure it wasn't like it's not going to appeal to everyone and that's completely fine i definitely feel that sony might need to go back on that stance of not trying to produce smaller games i think smaller games are going to be as integral as the larger games when it comes to the gamer mm. and it's not all about the bottom dollar because gaming is a very different type of board game it's a unique form of entertainment because it's interactive it's live and interactive when you're playing with the game everything you're feeding off so i i definitely feel that that's an error i i i feel that's an error on sony's part i don't support that stance that you know screw all the smaller games there's nothing wrong with indie games there's nothing wrong with smaller games 10 hour campaigns are completely fine as long as those 10 hours are fun that is better than a 50 hour campaign full of bugs full of you know repetitive side quests Mm -hmm. we've all been there like i i definitely feel that sony need to respect all sizes of games and like if they don't what, what are they going to do for ps plus like are you just going to make all these mcu style big games all right next ps plus you have to give away ragnarok are you going to do that because that's not sustainable yeah 100 percent. percent gotta have something to give away yeah and i i don't know what they're thinking with that ps5 remake of the last of us because you've remastered it on the ps4 anyone who wants to play the last of us can literally play it on the ps4 it was already free too, which means people already have it if they're not playing it. And not in a bad way, but I don't think The Last of Us 2 was breathtaking to look at in the way that Ghost of Tsushima was. Because it, if you're in this zombie apocalypse world, like things are very dark. It's very like dark colors. It's very drab. It's depressing. Obviously, it has to be. And there's a great story to be told there. But honestly, like The Last of Us One still looks pretty good. Like even though it was made for the PS3, um, I think it has a really good design. And I don't think it's aged super terribly. And to just make and like to remake it just so it looks as good as because Last of Us Two didn't sell well because it looked good. Last of Us 2 sold well because it had a great story and the people who played it from what I've heard about them just really enjoyed it. They really enjoyed the story. They really enjoyed the gameplay. They really enjoyed the representation that it brought. Like, it it wasn't the looks that sold it. It looks great, yeah, but that's not what did it. If The Last of Us 2 came out on the PS4 and looked similar to what it looked like on the PS3, I think it still would have done well. And people would have forgiven that, because obviously it's not the end of the PS4 life cycle. And it didn't take fucking, what, 10 years to come out. Um, I'm, I'm, that's, that's not a dig, that's not a dig. All I'm saying is like, it looks the way it does because of when it came out. Like, we know what the PS4 can do. If it came out and it looked similar, obviously better, but similar to what it looked like on the PS3, people would be fine with that. And I think, would he have done just as well? Were people ready for The Last of Us 2 10 years ago? I don't know, but it still would have been a great game. It's not the looks. And like you said, you can play it on the PS4. It's remastered. That edition looks great. There's, I don't think it's aged badly. Some games age and they look terrible. Like if you were to go back to the PS1 or PS2, great games there, but in terms of looks, mm, haven't aged well. Last of Us One, I think it's aged alright. You could play it and have a good time. You can play it on the P. Let me not say the PS3. You can play it on the PS4. You have a good time. So my ran over. And I personally don't ever want to play Last of Us One or Two again. Ooh, I it's one and done. Yeah, and that's not because the games aren't amazing, because they both are in their mm. own right. But those stories are too heavy and I don't care about either game to plan in them or to experience any of that again. It's like a great movie that has a plot twist. If you go back and watch that movie, you already know what the plot twist is, so it's not going to hit you the same way. 
And for me, it's that, that doesn't interest me anymore. I don't have any interest in playing The Last of Us on the PS5 unless it's Last of Us Part 3. I'm not going to be playing it or buying it personally. In terms of it being heavy, I do agree with that. So in that regard, I do get it. And for my next point, I don't think like I would want to do this with a game like Last of Us, but actually, you know, it's because you said it's heavy, but I'm just going to say my point is stuff started. But with a lot of the time, with some games, like when you go back or a movie that has that plot twist, you can go back and now smell the roses. You can see the the little things they've done, the little foreboding they've done. Like, for example, uh, okay, let's say God of War. You can go back and you can go off the beaten track and you can find all the secrets. Not us, we, we did that at the start because like we know you have to go back, check this, check that. Okay, let me find a different example. For example, the MCU, there was a bit where I think Captain America is like holding a shield, but it's made out of like a, a taxi door or something like that. And in another film, when they're looking at old pictures, um, they've got that that black and white clip of Captain America doing that back in the past. Now, it's something very little, but if you're going through a game and you start to notice these little things that the devs have done when building their game, so like it's just something that you can only realise and fully understand when you've got to the end of the game. That can be nice. Um, but you know what? You did say it's quite a heavy game, so not playing it again, I do fully understand. But um, I think there's merit to going back and playing playing certain games because you might notice something new and it might be a completely different experience, even though you know the plot twist. Because you can maybe understand the point of view of the people you're fighting because you've now seen the end. You've now seen everything like be tied together and you, you know their full backstory. And you can be like, ah, oh, okay, I get it. Like, for example, the scene with Abby at the start Watching that now, I doubt you'd have any shock because you've 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 sat down and thought to yourself, Do you know what Joel did things. He wasn't a good man. He was a man that got things done. You can be like, okay, this this is brutal, but did Ellie not want to do the same? Is Ellie not capable of this as well? Has Joel not done this before? Joel and his brother, we find out they have tortured people. They have done this. They have taught Ellie how to do this because Ellie recognizes their handiwork and you just realize, oh shit. And if you played Last of Us again from the beginning, like you could stop to smell the roses because you're, you're getting chased by all these clickers, all these things that want to eat you and kill you and blow poison gas in your face. But you're going back with experience. So they're not as frightening. You can like really just pay attention to the story. It is heavy, I get that, but I feel like you could get a lot from playing these games again because I got a lot out of it because I watched it because I uh, I wasn't playing them. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be scared. I'm not doing this. I don't like zombies. And it's a great story. And I had time to just like sit back and just like observe everything. So yeah, like I think don't don't write it off, I would say. Like if like, I feel like a spare moment, but if it comes between, you know, replaying The Last of Us or playing some FIFA with the lads, maybe pick FIFA. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But maybe don't like yeah. rule it out completely. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that there are games where playing them again could yield that effect that you spoke of. So yeah, you're definitely right. I think for me, it's a combination of the two. The fact that the story was so heavy, I don't want to play it again because yeah. of that. But there have been games that I have played again just so I can either you know make different decisions or I can notice certain things so you're absolutely right yeah I think it, it, that entirely depends on the type of game and The Last of Us is not that type of game for me I have no intention of playing it again mm. <laughs> no that's fair that's fair enough like unless you're one of those people that want to do it on like I think it's grounded difficulty where you've got like no resources and you just somehow make it through the game but for me that just doesn't sound like fun that that is that's a niche to me right there yeah that just sounds ridiculous grounded and permadeath i guess for people who found last of us too easy because you know yeah will exist but mm. not for me <laughs> nah. 
but make sure you let your thoughts known to us. How do you feel about Sony's behavior? Not only skipping E3 again, but also how they feel about smaller games. Are you on Sony's side where the bottom dollar is the most important and the big blockbuster games are the only ones you care about? Or are you on the side of the consumer and think games of all sizes matter? and there's nothing wrong with indie games and look at the success of Demon Souls for example that started out as a small game that was only successful in Japan and you know without that game you don't have Sekiro game of the year 2019 can't have that let us know your thoughts make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram streamcast underscore follow us on Twitch streamcast TV and subscribe to us on YouTube streamcast and check out our website, thestreamcast.co.uk. If you are a Smash player and think that you can free stock your way to a championship, why not sign up for free on our website? We'll put the link in the description. There is still a few more days to sign up. The winner will get a trophy and £50 for Nintendo eShop as form of a voucher. So why not test your skills? It's absolutely free, so you lose absolutely nothing by signing up. And it's now time for our patrons shout out. So shout out to Spilt Milk Studios, what an awesome bunch of people. Make sure you follow them. We'll put their links all up in the description. But Isaac, did you have any final words? Uh, Dio is a great villain and I fully support his campaign. Awesome. We'll uncover that in the <laughs> Everyone, take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Stay safe. We'll catch you on the next streamcast. See you.